Hello everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to Quarantine Hockey HQ. Here on Quarantine Hockey HQ, we are striving to give you great hockey and NHL content during these difficult times, great stories, news, and interviews. Today we're going to go over some news, uh, talk about what we're going to do uh, in this podcast, and we're also going to tell some stories. I'm going to introduce myself, and let's get right into the news. Uh, Joel Ward announces his NHL retirement. Congratulations to him on a fantastic career. He was a great veteran with 726 games with four clubs. Uh, Congratulations to him, and we hope he enjoys his retirement. Uh, Next up, as we all know, the NHL has been on hold for a while now. Uh, Right now, they're still telling the players to be quarantined. And we're starting to see the NBA start to um, let some small player practices. Uh, so it's doing pretty well right now, but obviously things are going to get better. We're hearing that the NHL is looking to have uh, some neutral sites that they're going to have div- the divisions play out. Um, each division is going to be at one site. It's not going to be a neutral site anymore. Uh, that was their original thought, but now they're going to be at NHL arenas uh, due to the broadcasting. Um, so they're going to be at different NHL arenas. Their goal is to finish the regular season first and then go into the playoffs. Right now, the two front runners for the locations for regional sites are the Columbus Blue Jackets and the City of Columbus and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the City of Toronto. Um, the four different categories that they're going for is that do these cities have enough four or five-star hotels due to the CBA? They have to have four or five-star hotels. And so do they have enough hotels to seat a whole division? Do they have practice facilities? Do they have four locker rooms for sanitation turnaround? So because they're planning on doing three games per day, well, they're trying to figure out and finish the regular season. Um, they also have to have uh, enough food, and they have to not be at a hot spot for COVID-19. Um, so they have to make sure of these, and we're hearing there's around 12 names, 12 city names, according to Pierre LeBron of The Athletic. That's what he says. Um, but right now, Columbus and Toronto are the two front runners. Uh, we also have some other NHL news. Uh, the Blackhawks chairman, uh, Rocky Ritz, announced today that the team has released John McDonough from his role as president and CEO of the organization. Um, Chicago has had uh, a rough year, obviously not where they'd want to be with their star players. Uh, so maybe this change of position is uh, in getting maybe a new president or CEO. Maybe they won't have one. A lot of teams don't have this role. Um, so maybe they can try and start turning around uh, the franchise uh, for next season. Um, maybe they can get some draft picks or something. Um, but definitely... Not a great season for Chicago, but there's a lot to look forward to with their two-star players and Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. So they have a lot to look forward to here. And I mean, we're, we don't even know if the NHL will continue this season. Um, their goal is maybe ha- start mid-July or at the, somewhere in July. Uh, but what the NHL is trying to do, just like we're trying to do here on Quarantine Hockey HQ, is give... 
the hockey fans something to enjoy and something to love. And they're thinking actually about putting the NHL draft before hockey continues. They're looking to do that in June. It would be a virtual draft just like the NFL draft just happened. Um, but there's a lot of issues that arise with this. Uh, we have, there wouldn't be able to be any player trades um, because, of course, you cannot trade uh, because basically the NHL wants to do a draft basically in the middle of the season, not even after the regular season between the playoffs. They want to do it between the regular season, and it's already been the trade deadline, so they can't have any trades with players, so they would only be draft pick uh, trades. And second of all, there would not be, like the players that are drafted, they would not be able um, to play for the regular season or the playoffs. There also hasn't been a combine, uh, but again, the reason they want to do it maybe in the NHL uh, in June is because um, they want the scouts to um, feel happy and that they did all this work throughout the whole year and they want to give this to them. They also want fans to have this opportunity to see hockey again on TV and on the radio. Um, but right now the NHL has presented this to the teams um, right from what the Athletic and many different reporters have seen is that most teams aren't fond of this idea. Um, and again, it's Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, has said that this is just preliminary and this is just an idea. The NHL has a ton of contingencies and a ton of plan, and they are definitely extremely busy uh, during these times. And we're just going to have to see how things continue here. Uh, COVID-19 is rapidly changing, uh, and so are the plans for the NHL. Um, so hopefully we'll hear very soon um, if players can start going into small practices. That would be the phase two of the NHL's plan um, because that's definitely what they want to do because after they can get into the small practices, then they can go to a full team training camp, then they can get into the regular season. Uh, the NHL and the NHL PA has agreed that if they are going to continue uh, the regular season, that the players need at least a three-week training camp. The training camp would be in the regional sites, uh, which we talked about earlier. And so there's a lot of contingencies. They have to be in uh, not hot spots of COVID-19. And obviously there's difficulties. There's players all around the world. They went back home um, to weather the storm with their family and their friends, uh, but obviously self-isolating, staying at home. Uh, so the players from Europe, and they would have to all come back over. Um, so that's number one, going to have some difficulties. And also some of the NHL players who did have COVID-19, they also have to make sure that none of them have it anymore. None of the personnel have it. Um, so those are just a few things that the NHL and the NHLPA is taking into account. And uh, overall, we're going to keep you updated on the news. Uh, at the beginning of every podcast, we are going to talk about uh, NHL news and nice stories in the NHL, and we're going to keep you updated to give you as much information uh, 
during this hockeyless time. So uh, now to the next part of our podcast today, uh, to introduce myself and tell more about why I'm doing this podcast and what to look forward to. So like I said earlier, my name is Zachary Rodier uh, from Columbus, Ohio, and it is great to be talking some hockey. Obviously, uh, I love hockey. I play hockey. I volunteer with the local sled hockey team, and I created my own foundation called Push for Sled Hockey, uh, which we'll get into later. Um, But anyway, I I enjoy talking and breathing hockey, and it just is very disappointing that during a time when uh, we are dealing with many difficult things in the world and we have to stay home, that it's difficult not to be able to talk hockey um, and watch hockey. It's like you're used to be talking hockey with your friends, and right now we can't do that because we can't be with them. Uh, So I thought that this podcast would be able to bring hockey back into people's lives and be able to listen to this and bring some hockey joy into it. So that's our goal here. We're going to be having some great hockey stories uh, and bring some people on uh, to discuss uh, some great hockey feel-good stories. Also, hopefully, we'll get some good interviews um, from people around the hockey world. And that is our goal, to uh, just give you guys some entertainment uh, during these difficult times and to keep you informed with all the news. Obviously, on our social media, uh, we will be covering the news as well. Uh, So even when our podcast isn't being released, uh, you guys will still be up to date with the biggest hockey news. Um, We're also uh, going to be releasing the podcast um, at a regular schedule. The schedule hasn't been yet determined, uh, but it will be at least going once a week. Uh, Maybe we'll do some more uh, twice a week, uh, but stay tuned uh, to our social media for that. Um, But anyways, um, with all that's going on, I I just want to tell some stories about what I'm doing uh, during these times and uh, that's hockey related and my hockey background in general. I started playing hockey when I was in Squirt. Uh, here in Columbus, and I loved hockey, and I I went to school, and I started uh, a foundation, like I said, called Push for Sled Hockey, uh, around when I was in sixth grade, and that was because I loved hockey, and I wanted to give the opportunity uh, to players who are unable to walk and um, unable to skate to play hockey uh, without financial cost. Um, my foundation strives to give people this opportunity um, without financial burden because uh, the sled hockey players, they have a lot of other medical and financial needs. And the last thing they need to worry about is being able to play, pay for ice time and many other hockey necessities uh, to be able to play the sport. Um, so instead, they the players that are very young uh, they're able to come on the ice, um, have a distraction from everyday life. Um, and that's what stinks right now is 
you know, going on the ice and if I'm volunteering with them or the players or me playing, hockey is a great distraction um, from everything. And it is extremely disappointing not being able to play right now uh, and let these players play. But, um, I mean, obviously it's important to stay safe and that's why we're here to try and put that distraction back in and give you some good hockey content. Uh, but anyways, uh, my foundation was founded, uh, like I said, when I was in sixth grade uh, in 2016, and it blew up. It had, we have over $21,000 in donations. Uh, we had a big gear drive in Columbus, raised over 500 pieces of gear, and there was an alumni game. Uh, there was some alumni blue jackets and uh, the sled hockey players uh, from the team I volunteer with. And I started talking to the public relations manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, told her what I was doing, and and I never heard anything else. You know, I continued my life. I was volunteering, doing school, whatever, and it was around maybe a month later I on a Friday night uh, I got a call that NBC wanted to do a story on me uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, and they said when can we come film you at your hockey game and I said my last hockey game of the season is tomorrow uh, so they had to grab some guys uh, some cameramen uh, which were great, and they came to the rink that we were playing at. It was our uh, last game of the season, and they came out, filmed us, uh, filmed my team, and, and it was awesome, uh, and I showed them. It actually was where we store all the sled hockey equipment. Uh, the game was at that location, so we were able to uh, show the cameramen um, that footage as well, and it was great. Um, and then NBC then told me that they wanted to then come film at my house and do some interviews with me and my family. Uh, they also were going to do the, the week after uh, some filming at the sled hockey practice. And they came in the house and they created my whole house into a, into a TV or movie set, uh, interviewed everyone. It was such a surreal opportunity, and I'm so thankful uh, to be able to share that on a national audience during the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, during the Stanley Cup finals, and be able to grow the sport of hockey and grow the sport of sled hockey. Um, but moving on to the week after, uh, at the hockey practice, uh, I was at the sled hockey practice, sorry, and I was on my way there, and I thought to myself, yeah, it's going to be like one of those day with the cup things and they're going to bring the Stanley Cup and they're going to bring $10,000 and this and that. And little did I know that what I said was going to become a reality um, just a few hours later. I love sled hockey practices, so the cameras, I didn't even really notice them. I didn't notice the... The microphone attached to me, it all goes away when I'm on the ice and volunteering with these uh, sled hockey players and these kids. So 
I was having a great time with them and Discover Car, they sponsored the Day with the Cup uh, with the NHL and NBC and they brought us all to the corner of the ice and they presented me with $10,000. Uh, so plus the $21,000 I've raised, uh, there's another 10000 above that and it's just surreal that all of this happened. Uh, I couldn't believe it, even though I thought to myself earlier in the day that, oh yeah, they're going to give me uh, $10,000. It, like, just seeing that big check and it, me knowing that it was going to go to this great cause and enable a lot more players to play sled hockey, which it already has over the few years, um, it was heartwarming to me, and I was really excited. Um, but little did I know, a few seconds later, um, the keeper of the cup, uh, Mike Bolt, came onto the ice, and bam, there was the Stanley Cup here in Columbus on a local rink, and they brought it here for me, and it was nuts. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, they told me to go see uh, Mr. Bolt, and I went to Mr. Bold and I held the cup with him and skated it to the sled hockey players and the sled hockey players never ha most of them have never seen the cup before let alone have one-on-one -on -one time with it uh, and be able to take a picture kiss the cup look at the names they wanted and that was awesome and you know I've gone to the Hockey Hall of Fame I've gone to the fanfare here in Columbus during the all-star game and saw the Stanley Cup but I mean this was the original one it wasn't the show one um, with this one had all the dents and the bruises from when the players hoist the cup. And I also got to have one-on-one -on -one time with it and have my day with the cup and be able to see all the names I wanted to see and just have that time with me and my family with the cup. And I am so lucky, um, to have this opportunity. Um, and it was, a, and it was an accomplishment, uh, and it really rewarded me for what I did uh, for the sled hockey team. But, you know, that was only the beginning for me. I mean, I've years after that, uh, if they do have a day with the cup this year, this will be three years after, uh, no, three years since my showing on the day with the cup and during the Stanley Cup finals. And, I mean, I've only continued. I've raised more money. Uh, we've enabled more players to play on the Columbus local team. We've grew some sled hockey teams in Las Vegas, Columbus, Georgia, and a veterans team somewhere else. And, you know, we've just continued this. And it and uh, fun, it's so funny because I thought, wow, this is amazing. And what Discover and the NHL and NBC are doing is great, but it didn't even stop from there. Uh, we got to go to a Stanley Cup playoffs game. Uh, the Blue Jackets were playing against the Penguins, and it was the year the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. And we got to be in the box. I got, during the warm-ups, I was in the penalty box, and I got a puck from Yonis Corposalo, and I got to be that close. And it's such a cool opportunity. I mean, with the sled hockey players every year, we get to go on Nationwide Arena ice and play hockey during the intermission and have that high-five tunnel. But uh, 
being in the penalty box and being able to ring the horn in Nationwide Arena, it was awesome. Uh, it's a great experience that not a lot of people get, and that's why I, I like to share it and be able to let people know that if they have their dream uh, to help people and grow the sport of hockey, if great things are going to happen. And this is just one cool story. Uh, there's many others out there, and that's what we're looking to do here on this podcast is spread some of these cool stories of my Day with the Cop is a awesome story that I hope you guys enjoyed. And, of course, uh, you guys can always leave a message if you go to our website at anchor.fm slash quarantinehockeyhq. No spaces. You can leave a message uh, for us there and be able to either ask questions or request stories and or ask some stats and things like that. And we really are looking forward to sharing more stories. Um, maybe if you guys uh, send some stories in, maybe we'll, we can either interview you or um, feature that during, or feature the message that you sent us uh, during the podcast. Um, so, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed my story and my experience with the day with the cup uh, and my experience with my foundation push for sled hockey. And if you would like to donate, you could go to push for sled hockey.org. Now we're going to be talking about what we're going to be doing in the podcast in the future. Like I said, we're going to do some NHL news next week. We're going to be talking about some NHL recent signings. We're also going to do your heartwarming stories about hockey, and we're also going to do some interviews. I'm trying as hard as I can to get great interviews that you're all going to enjoy. And, of course, please follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Quarantine Hockey HQ, and on Twitter, Hockey HQ Podcast. And, of course, right now we are on Spotify and Anchor. We're trying to get on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts very shortly. And please go to anchor.fm slash quarantinehockeyhq. You can leave a message for us with any connections for interviews or any suggestions. And you can also listen to the podcast there. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And we will catch you on the next one. Thanks.